0: Hi, hey folks, and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. Just a little bit of housekeeping before we kick off. We need your support. The Tortoise Shack relies entirely on listeners to keep this enterprise going. How you do that is you click the link in the podcast you're listening to right now. It says patreon.com forward slash tortoise And for the price of a fancy cup of coffee once a month, you get tons of additional content, all of it in your feed as quickly as I can turn it around including access to our online Sunday show, which will be live today at noon with our panel discussing the events of the week. Throw for a month, see what you think, and help us keep these mics on. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope, and I'm your host, Rory Hearn, and I am delighted to be joined on the podcast today in person. I am here in Tony's house in his studio, which is wonderful to be in real life and not on Zoom. And I'm joined by um, two people who were at my book launch in Waterford and uh, took it over and and But spoke really, really eloquently and powerfully of the experience of millennials um, being excluded from housing and their particular situation. And I asked them would they be interested in coming up on the podcast and they said they'd love to. So Sinead Ellen Griffin and Joanne Whelan are here on Reboot Republic. It's great to have you guys.
1: Thank you, Rory. It's lovely to be here.
0: Hello. Yes, lovely to be here. So... um yeah, you were you blew me away at the um at the book launch of Waterford because of how as I said, clearly you captured the experience and voice of you know what I've referred to as generation locked out and uh generation rent. And you you both have your personal kind of journeys that um, how the housing crisis impacted, and you know, we're going to talk about that. And I'm really, you know, interested. I know listeners will be as well to hear that. Um, but maybe first of all, there was a question in my head about, you know, you know, you're, um, Joanne, you're 28, Sinead, you're 32. Do you feel that, or do you hear? Where do you hear your voice in media or in discussions in Ireland? Do you hear it?
1: I would say no. I feel like we don't, and that is. Probably one of the main reasons as to why we were interested in coming up to speak mm. to you today. And I think that there's a lot of people our age that are stuck in this position at the moment. And look, I'd, I'd be the person at a session, right? I'd be the one that will bring up politics and very quickly the room will empty, Do you know, <laughs> yeah. and people are not interested. Maybe it's I'm picking the wrong crowd or the wrong time, place, whatever. But... It doesn't seem like a conversation that wants to be had. And I feel that is due to fear Mm. and a a feeling of like, I want to ignore it. If I don't say it, it's not happening. Mm. Do you know? Because we've always been kind of told, look, you go to college, you get the piece of paper, you'll get the job and then you'll have the house. Mm. That hasn't happened for so many people. And I think rather than face it front on, people are like, I'm just not going to have that discussion. Yeah. Do you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I f- yeah, I feel like like the discussion about the housing crisis it's like obviously we've a huge uh, like homelessness problem and it's like families are often discussed and I I just think there's a huge problem of like single people in Ireland and say people living at home. Um yeah, it's not really kind of that perspective isn't really like talked about in detail. It's just kind of if it's if it's like mentioned in the news it's not really yeah. kind of I don't know, yeah, you never really hear perspectives and what really struck me in your book in the chapter generation rent I felt so like seeing just even like all the issues that come up around um being like stuck at your parents house kind of thing it was um yeah I feel like yeah it isn't really spoken about or it's kind of yeah, just the elements of, like, shame and embarrassment. I think people are you know, yeah. embarrassed to say, oh, yeah, I'm kind of living at home. Yeah, it's kind of almost secretive or something, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: no, because it really struck me when, you know, talking to people about the crisis and, you know, been involved around, you know, activism and the housing campaign and speaking to people who would come along to protests or, you know, meetings or on the podcast who were who are willing to, to talk about it and... Um, and I do, you know, it, it struck me, you know, and seeing and then looking at the figures, like the figures are like just mind blowing. Like, really like I was looking at and they've gotten worse the last couple of years. Um, I was doing looking at research there. And thanks to Kieran from uh, the Nevin Economic Research Institute is always great to help me with the latest updated stats from Eurostat. Um, 75 percent, which is three quarters of 20 to 29 year olds are living at home in Ireland. Like, that, like 75%. And it, the figure then was if you went from 25 to 34 year olds, it was 40% were living at home. 40%. um, And the numbers then, when you look at the numbers, there's about a million people between 18 and 34 in Ireland. So we're talking about well over half a million people mm. living at home.
2: yeah,
0: And yet not visible yeah. at all.
1: Mm. Mm. And and I think if you look at that second figure there, from the twenty-nine to thirty-four, and you've got forty percent living at home. Yeah. What if the sixty percent are cohabiting, that are in their late thirties or mid-thirties that are still cohabiting, like you would in college? Yeah. Do you know coming yeah. home to a shared apartment, you yeah. don't know who you're living with. You've no autonomy in the home. You've no sense of being, sense of self. Yeah. Do you know there's that kind of sector as well that it ties into it as far as it I'm it does concerned. absolutely. Do you know, yeah. No, it but does. That, yeah. Out of that sixty. It's not a good reflection. Like, do you know, it's. it's yeah, I think still... it's about
0: a third. or So it's about 40 percent are living at home still with their parents. Then it's about, I think, a third are renting and less than 30, about 27 percent own. Wow. Yeah. So you're talking like 70 percent are in some
2: form of, as you say, you know, locked out of having their own yeah. home.
1: Displaced. Do you know yeah. nowhere to go?
2: And mm. it's the same. Like I'm at home um, with my parents. Like you know, I'm grateful. Like that we have a really nice relationship. Um, like I get on so well with them. But my older and sister. And This is not about you, mommy and daddy. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it is. It's like yeah, because um, but it's like um, my older sister who's thirty four has re- or sorry, she's thirty two. She's recently um moved back in as well. So yeah. it's like the two of us are both, you know, part of that statistic yeah. of just. I'm the same. Yeah. The, uh, older the sister. Of four,
1: yeah. I've um a brother who's in his forties. Cohabiting in Dublin, do you know? Working a great job, can't afford to not live with other people. In fairness, I have a sister in London. Like she's bought a home. Like she's she's doing very well. Do you know? Yeah. But then the two youngest were both back at home, and I think yeah. my parents are kind of looking at us, going, "Wow, like yeah. this is not where we thought." <laughs> Unexpected, yeah, yeah, Do you know? And yeah. from everything yeah. that they've done, yeah. But they almost they just. They don't get it. Do they not? Not yeah. at all. No, no, no. Are no. they looking
0: at you going to something wrong with you? Like
1: that? That's the feeling. That's how it comes across. And I, like, I would absolutely, um, I would mirror what Joanna's saying. I am so lucky to have been given the option to mm. come home. Mm. I knew that. Look, if anything happened in Dublin, I could always go back, and I could stay with my parents, needs be. When I moved back in 2019, it was not something I wanted to do. And leaving Dublin was a really difficult decision to have to make. Mm. And there was a huge element of having to swallow my pride and having to go back to Waterford that is a small city and see the people that I knew and, oh, she's back. Oh, she's back up with the with the parents. Do you know? Mm. And that kind of, that sense of like, oh, God, did I fail? Do you know? Yeah. And even though I have a good relationship with my parents, it's small things. Like, I... I have a massive record collection. I love music, mm. so I love to have my records and play them or whatever. Yeah. And if it's ever so slightly too loud, turn it down. Or do you know if if look, it's natural you'll have rows, you'll have hiccups with your parents, but what's said back to me is well, you can pack your bags and go then. And
0: And is that actually said?
1: Oh yeah. yeah. You can pack your bags, you can go. Yeah. And I don't know how many times like this is not ideal. This is not yeah. where I saw myself at 32. This is not the position I wanted to be in. And I feel as though I haven't really had a a hand to play in it. But it's the cards that I have now and I need Mm. to play them as well as I can. Mm. But that is said, I know it's out of frustration and I know it's out of concern on their behalf. But the picture is so much bigger than that. The picture is just... So much greater than me going out and maybe getting a better paid job or me maybe going to the bank of mum and dad and asking for a loan.
0: Mm. That
1: possibility is not there.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And And in terms of the renting then, is that not a possibility because of the cost of rents?
2: Oh, no, I recently not. yeah I recently saw like a uh, one bedroom apartment in Waterford City 1,600 a month like one who bedroom can afford apartment that? in Waterford yeah. City for 1,600 yeah it's like that's a that's a that's a joke like you know <laughs> who's who able plan, to afford that like yeah. this is
1: the thing my plan would have been
2: when I came back to
1: to Waterford I had another house in Dublin that I had managed to get a room in, a box room, and I put all my belongings in there. And I said, right, four weeks, I'll be back. No yeah. problem. I'll be back up and running. A slight hiccup be grand. Um, quickly realised that was not going to work out. And then when I went home and kind of We have mutual friends that are renting at home. They've Mm. never... They've moved out of Waterford periodically, but, I mean, they've always pretty much been based there. The difficulties that they had in trying to find a place was dumbfounded. Like, it was just shocking. And then I checked up yesterday, and I think it's important to put that into context. So, in... January of 2022, I think it was, it had, the survey had been done at the tail end of 2021 mm. by two national papers and Waterford had been voted the number one place to live in Ireland. Yes, right. that's right, yeah. And yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, delighted. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's a great, great city. Place. It yeah. has great people. There's and
0: Tremor as well, great town. Divine,
1: <laughs> like it's stunning. Do you know, there's so much yeah. to offer there. But for the, the number one place to live in Ireland... As of yesterday, 13 properties to rent in Waterford.
2: Yeah.
0: 13. Yeah. 13 up yeah. on aft. Yeah.
1: And the I think the minimum asking was 1,300 that I saw.
0: Yeah. 1,300. Like what? You know, in terms of wages and cost. Oh, yeah. and, and, and of course, the thing that you talk about is, you know, is singles, like being single. Yeah. And... Yeah you know, either house sharing or because the cost of rooms. And I've seen, you know, the the rooms being, as yeah. you say, a one bedroom, you know, 1,600. Um, like rooms going for 1,200, 1,500, even 800 or whatever. But it's all, you know, the assumption is that it's couples and all our housing yeah, yeah. always talks about, you know, mm-hmm. the two, you know, the two-income family get their mortgage and look, we've got affordable housing now because if, you know, we give these subsidies to two-income pe- households, then they can get it. And then as a single like, where do you, how do you feel about that? No, I'm, yeah. I'm not that I know your status <laughs> at the moment, but you refer to yourself as yeah. No, I am. No, you <laughs> got yeah. that free on the money. Yeah, say, yeah,
2: like, I don't plan on getting in a relationship anytime soon. And as well, like, say the only option is to kind of rent a room in a shared house. But yeah. like, I've had experiences where like the next place I want to live. Like I would just love a one bedroom apartment just to do my own things. Like the the last house I rented I was sharing with eight people and it just eight people, yeah, and House of Manuth actually, yeah. Um and it was like we all had our own bedrooms. It was like a modified house where they kind of um, tack two bedrooms out into the garden kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and it was great. Like, I just to I kinda, enhance the living yeah, uh, conditions and one the quality bathroom, of living in the home, yeah. one you shower, add two more bedrooms like, yeah. On. Yeah. yeah, one shower between eight people. Like, and then someone's one some, shower between yeah. eight people. Yeah. And then one of the lad's girlfriends moved in. So it was like nine of us in the house. And it was just like, I think after that, I was just like, I really just want my own space. Yeah. You know? Um, and, yeah, so I applied um, when I did, so I moved home just during the pandemic because I can think when the pandemic hit, I was in that space and I was like, I just kind of need to take a breather, kind of yeah, yeah just kind of change things up. Um, and so I applied to be on the housing list, um, and I qualified for a one-bedroom apartment through the choice-based letting scheme yeah. in Waterford. Yeah, um, so this is the the social yeah. housing waiting social housing, list application yeah. you applied for it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the meantime, like say I could get um like rent. Rent a one bedroom property like off the council. Yeah. Um. But even just so I've been applying consistently for about a year and a half, and it just kind of gets your hopes up. Like, say every two weeks there would be a one bedroom property, and you you like you do it through the website, and you say click to express an interest. And it's hard not to get your hopes up and to like look at the property and say oh that's a just a, a tiny little one bed studio apartment in Waterford City that is just perfect I would love to move in and then you go back and check the next week and you see that four 400 people have applied for that same apartment. 400 people? Yeah sometimes well, for the houses yeah it would be four or 500 people apply for this one property to rent it and it's kind of like a competition who's been on the list longest kind of gets yeah, it I think yeah, um, yeah. Well, Obviously they would have the yeah. priority of needs as well. Of course yeah, yeah. which I understand and I, I don't yeah. expect to be housed, you know, in a, a year or two, but it is really hard to apply every week and just, you know, you get your hopes up and then you're like, oh, but I have to yeah. just, you know.
1: But I think as well in Dublin, um, towards the, the tail end, say, of... I was in Dublin for like 10 years. Um, f- towards the tail end of that, when things were really becoming, like, exceptionally difficult to even get a viewing. Yeah. To get a viewing was cutthroat. Yeah. Um, the amount of... um ads that you would see in daft and again the property would be going for a thousand a month or you know 1200 a month and then it would have no couples allowed so many places would say like look it's a single occupancy only you know and then you're kind of figuring like How do I find the money? Like, I'm happy being single. I don't want to be in a relationship in order to qualify for housing or to find it easier to have housing. It, It
0: does hit me, that thing about going back to the 1960s, like of, you know, our 50s, where, you know women have to get you know the, the whole oh, yeah. thing you know you have to get a husband yeah. like it's this thing of you know and you people had to retire from their public service job when they became married yeah. and you know this whole thing of you know it's just like it's like oh you're back to a place where if you don't find a partner if you don't get married like you know have a partner that you can't move on with yeah. your life it's yeah. It's like back to some conservative
2: Absolutely it really is country like, yeah. that
0: and even I the think then the other side of you can't have Couple, so therefore almost you're like on the one hand you're saying you need to have a couple to afford and then the other hand you're saying you can't have a couple so it's like when do you have a relationship how can you even get it develop a relationship and
1: yeah but like when you're back home with your parents I mean I'm back in my childhood single bed room do you know and you just kind of how do you I I feel for the moment anyway my personal life has been put on hold
2: yeah Yeah, I feel the same
1: yeah like if I go out I can't. My parents are always going to be my parents, regardless of my age and situation. Once I step back into that home, my parents step back into their parental role. Yeah. And I'm the baby and I'm back home and I'm going out. Who are you going with? What time will you be home on? Yeah, like, where did you go last night? Yeah. yeah, all, yeah, yeah. Will you let us know if you're coming home? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going. How could you not know? <laughs> I've lived a life, I've, I I would never have had to ask permission to go out before, but now I need to know, pre-planned, who I'm with, where I'm going. Um, It just makes, kind of, even looking for a relationship, you almost just don't go there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's extremely sad because then you're limiting yourself in terms of what you can do and even if you wanted a relationship or even if you didn't, if you wanted a one night fling or yeah. whatever the hell or a two hour whatever you wanted to do, yeah. that you can't even do that. That it's like you can't live a full life. No. Yeah. As Not an adult.
1: Unless and I've heard this from so many people, you book a hotel room.
0: Yeah.
2: And that's what people do. Yeah. And
1: the hotels are even so expensive. Yeah, if you were to meet, so <laughs> check a calendar. When are you free? Okay, I'm free of that date. Get a hotel. Get or a hotel. We'll, you know, you have to. Wow, find an such spontane- yeah. spontaneity! Spontaneity. <laughs>
0: <Yeah. laughs> we meet in the night out. Okay, we can't do it tonight. Let's see. Check your calendar now for a exactly, week, and yeah. let's have a look at the hotel uh, bookings. And yeah,
1: yeah, we'll meet up halfway. Just... And, do you know? That's. I mean, I've heard that from. Many people. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And that is a sad There must reality. be a whole
0: underground strategy. Like, if there's oh, three yeah. quarters of, you know, hundreds of thousands of young people in their 20s in Ireland trying to figure out how the hell do we have sex? Like, yeah, how can yeah. we do it?
1: These conversations and are had. Like, they're had. Yeah. You're sitting down and, you know, somebody's, the way I've seen it, at like the moment anyways is more so like people that are living at home in Waterford and they might have met somebody uh, from Dungarvan. Right? Yeah. So you're talking a 40 minute drive or whatever yeah. but they're also living at home at the moment. Yeah. Dad. What do we do? Okay well yeah. I'm off at the weekend and you're off at the weekend and sure I'll come down I'll get the bus down and we'll we'll book somewhere. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. that like there's nothing wrong with that I don't want to like do you know but no needs no. must. Yeah yeah you know? but it's
0: also like you know, that's not how relationships develop either. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, of course they can and they do, but, you know, ideally you have time and space to, you know, things aren't pressured and, you know, and that it's, yeah, because things need to have time and space and expectations and all that over, it's extremely pressured.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Must
0: be extremely pressured.
1: There's also a weird kind of, do you know, I've spoken to one or two after, they're like, yeah, that was a bit, that was a bit bizarre. I'm like, don't feel bad about it. Don't, you it's know. It's almost
0: manufactured kind of. Or absolutely.
1: And then, you know, they're leaving the next day and their heads are hung low and they're like, OK, I'll see you yeah. maybe next week or next month or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think it's putting a negative uh, spin on what should be something really mm. positive, mm. really exciting. And, mm. do you know, if you've if you've met someone and there's a spark and you'd love to meet them again, like that's it's a wonderful thing, mm. Do you know, and you should embrace that. But that kind of sensibility then over the situation taints it.
0: And of course, the interesting thing is like, I'm thinking, I don't know now uh, factually about this, but I'm surmising, you know, in Spain and Italy, where they have a longer history of uh, people staying at home. Up, to, I know they do. They have a longer, you know, for for many, many years. And I remember like, you know, eh, you know, 30 years ago, uh, hearing about this, like the, the Mediterranean way was, you know, people stayed at home and multi-generations did yeah. till they were in their 30s. Whereas in Ireland, this is completely new. Like this is the, mm. th- this is literally in the last 10 years, we've gone from a country where people left in their late teens, early 20s, to suddenly being there till they're 28. And we have a generation, an older generation of their parents mm. who were mostly deeply conservative, Catholics, and have not and this is the bit I'm surmising I assume that there's some level of cultural acceptability in Spain and Italy um, I did live in Spain for a while so there was an element of it I remember it now yes that of cultural acceptance of bringing a partner home and them staying in your room and that being okay and that being normal whereas we're talking Oh, yeah, yeah, it Different story. Yeah. 'Cause it's funny what struck me is I was uh one person was was put that up on uh, for my book when I was researching it on one of the boards saying um about how do you have sex and so like forget about it like my mother would be out with the holy water literally like if oh, somebody yeah. spent time in my bedroom, not to mind stay the night like and try
1: to confession on, on Sunday morning. You know <laughs> get in and tell him what you mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: You know? But that's reality that's you know, that's another aspect of it. It's not even that and that's why almost this is a thing here because we do have this conservative and there's still the shame and the all that is still there
1: Massively so and yeah. I think like I I was um, talking actually again to one of our mutual friends about this recently enough and I think you need to look at it in a very in a in a broader sense almost like my grandmother um from my mum's mum right so my mum grew up in Scull and West Cork okay yeah. in a rural part Baking and she lived in there with her parents on a farm. And my grandmother would have been born, I think it was 1911. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we're talking there's really one generation between myself and my grandmother. Yes. And this woman grew up, born 1911, grew up in West Cork and, you know, worked hard all of her life. But they grew up in a house where she went to mass on a Sunday morning on a horse-drawn cart. Yeah. yeah. They had no indoor bathroom. And they had, was it two to a bed that they'd have? And um, their household got electricity, I think, in 1979.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So from that to where I am now, we've one generation in between mm, my mother's. Mm. Now, she didn't go to college because many of her generation didn't. Yeah. But you left school early and you got a trade or you went and you got into business and you worked. Yeah. But when you look at how housing has changed so massively in that space of time Mm. that's a very short space of time to have such a growth in a country and it's you kind of realize then how why it's so unstable yeah we've not had time to catch up with the changes that have happened in the country Mm. and we've not had time to really assess you know access to living or you know we haven't had a, a, a founded generation that have done it right and moved on and you know knowledge is passed on do you know of how mm. to do it
0: yeah yeah it's completely new it's this, so this, new this is completely new and I, I think there was something as well um joanne in terms of you know the it, the kind of sense that uh, what sinead was talking about at the start struck me um they not talking about it amongst yourselves yeah that why is that or is Because what I hear is, you know, everybody's talking about housing and, but, you know, it, obviously they are and they aren't in a way,
2: yeah. the typical Irish way. <laughs> it's kind of like if you're renting, you know, I suppose it's just different for everyone, but I like, it is the kind of like what Shanae was saying about feeling like a failure, Do you know, that I don't have a good enough job where I can afford to move out and that kind of thing. And you're kind of a little bit ashamed, but also trying to just accept that this is where I am now. But then just kind of feeling like you hit a wall being like, I just don't feel like any, any options, you know? Yeah. Um, and I suppose, yeah, I suppose if you try and talk about it, it's like, oh, well that's, it's your own fault or maybe that's just my own negative kind of way. I don't know of, of viewing it. Um, But I think that that's obviously what a lot of people are thinking and feeling and therefore
0: feeling because, you know, not obviously they are because they tell me and I get messages all the time from people saying that, you know, and, you know, they ask me to share stuff and share it anonymously. And they, you know, they say, oh, it's great to hear someone else is going through it because I actually thought I was alone. That there's obviously, as you say, there's shame, you know, a sense of stigma, a sense of, as you say, failure. And of course, this has massive impact on mental health as well. Definitely, yeah. Incredibly so, yeah.
1: Unbelievably so, and I don't think we haven't seen that. We mm. haven't seen the the fallout from this yet. Do you know it's going to come in time and it'll it'll hit us all hard. But I think, think it's joy. very silent.
2: Like it is happening. Like even the mental health struggles I've had. Like say I lived in Dublin from when I was like eighteen to my like early twenties, and just different living situations. Like I remember in particular renting this one house in Cabra, and there was like mold on the walls and just you feel like your landlord has so much power and that they Mm. just don't care and it's just such a waste of money and the way that kind of my view of money and my view of like the value of money you know if you're spending so much money on rent and what you're getting is this like mouldy room and no heating and like it's just yeah those experiences kind of it's a huge source of anxiety that if I do move out, you know, will I be able to afford just a decent place, yes, right, you know, measures. just somewhere nice. Yeah. And it's just like, I just don't feel like I'll get that in Ireland. I feel like I'll have to immigrate, you know.
1: I think there's two sides of that, though, as well. There's the the mental health struggle of being back at home and that challenge that's brought with mm. it. But also then the challenge of living in a space that is not suitable to be lived in and mm. you're paying An awful lot of your your income out on that, um, and the space that you're you're living in, and that can become really difficult to kind of settle it with yourself. Mm. My hard earned money is going on this, Mm. and it's substandard.
0: Yeah, and and because you know there is so much focus on mental health, and it is something that I brought into the book a lot because you know I could see it, and you know and and research and the psychology aspect of it for. For it, um, because I know it's something as well that people get, and you know, there's so much talk about and understanding, and you know, increasingly, which is great and really important. And you know, we are going through our own mental health revolution in Ireland as well in terms of being able to talk about these things. And of course, that's part of it, probably. You know, that we are still, you know, a, rep- a repressed country, still, a, you know, a country that finds talking about things very, very difficult and challenging. Um, and there's something in that in terms of us, I think, trying to see that. And, and there's so much, and I, you know, it drives me bananas, so much of the, as I you know, describe the individual pathologizing, mm-hmm. you know, we pathologize the individual. It's like, check your mental health, check on like, fuck off, check the rent prices, you know, check yeah. the, you know, the cost of housing. That would help my mental health that there is. How much you think housing is impacting on people's mental health?
2: I think massively, yeah. Whether it's down to like, like if you're sharing a space with people and you know relationships become strained, you know mm. I've had that in the past with housemates, um, who maybe you don't get on with, or even I think like the house I mentioned where I was living with eight people, I think I I kind of I sort of became really anxious about like cooking meals because our, yeah. our our sitting room was like a part of the kitchen, so there would just always be. Mm-hmm people there all the time and like you're trying to cook your food and kind of if you're not in a good mental health space, I don't know, that's something I found really difficult and I even notice it when I'm living back in my family house -hmm. and like I get kind of anxious if there's a lot of people in the kitchen and it's just a really weird thing that I think I've picked up just from feeling anxious in a space before and it's really like, I don't know, maybe other people have had that experience too but I don't know, yeah, it feels, yeah, like I don't know, it's weird to talk about it but it's something so, Simple And maybe someone else would say, oh, that's a a really silly thing to be, you know, anxious about. But I don't know, I think. I think it's
1: silly until you start to see the repercussions of it. Do you know, like when I first moved to Dublin uh, for my first year in college, I was living in um, the NCI college um, student accommodation. And again, they were apartments of eight. And I moved up to Dublin, I took a year out after I'd done my leaving cert. So I went up pretty much on my own, my year had gone on before me. So I moved to Dublin on my own and you're coming into this huge um apartment and there's seven new people you need to meet and they all are doing mm. different courses with different uh, timetables and everything. And that got unbelievably stressed by Christmas. And there was one chap in our apartment that did try to harm himself mm. that December. And I... I have no doubt it was due to the fact there was too many people living in such small quarters. Moving away to college is not an easy thing to do and Mm. we don't prepare young people to do it. We've got you know, ill-equipped people leaving the home and they're heading off to somewhere where they need to stand on their own two feet and do your shop and cook your dinner and get yourself to college and all these elements that we're not really prepared for. And you know, people find that really difficult. Mm.
0: And and I think as well that in a certain way you could say through college you know there's a learning process and how it used to be is you would go to college and you know you would live in student accommodation you would have situations like yeah. that and I you know lived in situations like that and you know I can remember all the stories because I was going to college at the height of the Celtic Tiger when rents were mad as well then and like I remember packing up my bag you know when the landlord would be coming and you know because I wasn't living there officially there was a fold down <laughs> bed that or some sort of bunk bed or something and then I would bring everything I had in a rucksack into college with me but you know we lived in multiple. Say you to figure out, but I think the issue is when you're at still in that situation at 25, 28, mm-hmm. 30, as you say, trying to cook with strangers, trying then to cook at home. I think the cooking is a really good example because that is something where we express ourselves, and it is something about having that space to be ourselves and not being monitored or commented on by you know, yeah. either a random stranger or your parent. Is yeah, that's that's a really fun, it's like a fundamental um, one of Maslow's fundamental needs in terms of having space to be ourselves and do the things we want to do. So I think it makes complete sense that that would be anxiety inducing. Then and how does that leave its impact and um, and not being able to have your own space to do those those most basic things mm-hmm. that um, you know that, that impact and in terms of then the I'm kind of conscious that there are. You know, for parents in particular, there's something as well about. You, know, you talked about it uh, in terms of conversation, and do you talk to your parents about this, Joanne?
2: Um, not really. Like, I, like they know I'm on, um, like the housing list, and I tell them about you know about the choice-based lettings and things like that. But they're, I think they're just kind of. Like they're very chilled, and they're just like you know. Look, the house is always here for you. Um, like they're so supportive, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're just like I think, in particular, like with my older sister, um, like she works full time and she's just come out of a relationship. So, like, just for her, she's in the same space. She just wants a one a one bedroom place just for her and yeah. her dogs to just you know move on with their life and stuff. But it's just the saving for for the. Um, deposit and, and that kind of thing. I think they're just disappointed that the country just can't provide those spaces for us, you know, and they're just kind of like, oh, you know, we wish we could do more, but there's, you know, they feel like there's nothing they can do, you know, kind of thing. Um, well, they are supportive really, um, but... Yeah, they're just like, oh, it's ridiculous. You should just be able to get, you know, a little yeah. apartment yeah, for they yourself. It shouldn't you be such it. a they massive understand. Thing They understand like, that yeah. this
0: is a crisis that's yeah. in society, not yeah. from you. not, ha- yeah. not. Yeah. 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 And Sinead, yours?
1: No, we don't talk about it. We no. actually don't. No, I, I think that like... I think the furthest we'd go, and again, this is probably just a really Irish thing of brush it under the carpet, yeah. just ignore it until yeah. you can't ignore it any longer. Like, I would, you know, if I was out with my mum or whatever, and we saw a house for sale, yeah. and mum would say, oh, wouldn't that be lovely now if you could buy that house and yeah. you'd do it up so nice and you could, maybe one day, maybe someday it'll change, Sinead. And that's all you're kind of, that's yeah. all I kind of hear, do you know? And then... um. The only time we really have a conversation is if I'm in somewhere like Duns or whatever and they have a household sale on and I'll buy cups and plates and I have a, a bottom drawer like thing under my bed where I put all the things that I'm buying now and one day I'll take them out when I have a drawer of hope.
2: (laughs) Yeah. A drawer of hope. Precisely.
1: I need it. I actually have this hoarding of homeware under my bed and I add to it when I can. And that is my box of hope and I just say okay one day that'll go in my sitting room one day that'll perch itself in my kitchen yeah, yeah. do you know and my mum would say oh look that that'd be lovely now if you had somewhere to put it or whatever um, they're the kind of conversations we have around it fancy, fanciful almost do you mm. know but it kind of feels like well certainly right now there's nothing I have other than to hope
0: Yeah, that yeah. it will
1: change or that something will crop up and mm. um, that will change the the landscape of what's mm. our current situation is.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah. The box of hope. That's incredible, <laughs> incredible idea, <laughs> incredible um, to have that and the, the the drawer under the bed of hope filled with. i visualising that all the different cups and plates and things and oh, there's everything in there. Everything,
1: cutlery, cups, plates, <laughs> table table settings, like, <laughs> and napkins and. There's everything. I've thought about it all, do yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah but yeah. I, I feel like that's almost a way of coping with it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. cut off from it completely. Yes. Absolutely. I can taste the dream. I can yeah, have the dream. Yeah. But then it has to go back under the bed yeah. and stay there.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Incredible. The dreams of a generation hid under <laughs> hidden under a bed. Yeah. 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 Put away under a bed. In terms of emigration then. I think, Joanne, did you say that you were considering it?
2: Yeah, like I see. So when I moved back home, um, I, so when I first moved to Dublin, I didn't end up finishing um, the degree that I initially started. The course wasn't right and things like that. So I'd always kind of hoped to go back to college. Yeah. Um, so when the um, pandemic hit, I was kind of like, oh, I'll apply. I initially, when I was living in Minute, I applied to go to. University because yeah. I was working there um, as a personal assistant for students with disabilities. And I really loved that job. Yeah, and I kind yeah. of, I sat in on a load of um, uh, sociology lectures and yeah. I never, like, I, I didn't even know it was the subject. And I kind of, I was like, oh, I think I'd like to study that, you know, just kind of thinking about society and the world in a different way. Um, and so I, t- I applied to go back, um, but I was denied a grant because I applied as like an independent person or whatever, because the first time I tried to go to college, I didn't qualify for a grant and had to take out a loan. But yeah, so I moved back home during the pandemic and I applied to go to WIT, which is now SETU. Yeah. Um, so I'm in my second year of social science. Um, and yeah, now I'm kind of looking like, so I'll finish the degree next year and I'm kind of trying to think of my options. I'm like, like, I would love to get a job and work here, either in Waterford or, you know, somewhere in Ireland. Um, but then another part of me is also like the living situation. Like, I just don't feel like I'll be able to rent somewhere. Um... Do you know as you're starting out on a wage or whatever um yeah, out of college yeah, yeah. kind of thing cuz i know i feel like i'm you know as a mature student i feel like i'm kind of a bit behind but i'm kind of trying to put that thought out of my mind like i know i'm not everyone's in a different situation but exactly, i have yeah. i have been looking at um slovenia right um one of the cheapest places to live in europe <laughs> Okay, it's a big draw for me Okay, um just also the Um, the third level fees there are quite reasonable like to maybe do a master's because I'd love to kind of continue in education. I'm enjoying it so much that I'm like, you know, maybe I can do this. But, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm trying to just not trying to put too much pressure on myself kind of just kind of see where I am next year. Um, Like ideally, I'd love to move out. Um, I just, my dream is just having like a little one bed apartment. That's just like, oh, I feel like it would just be, it'd be really cool. But Ireland just, can't really offer me that you know I just don't think I'll be able to afford 1600 (laughs) a month anytime soon yeah so immigration, yeah I'm looking at it and actually one of my good friends um, her parents kind of weren't as supportive as mine and they kind of point blank told her like you have to you have to move out so she's off to London like I know lots of friends London, Australia, Canada everyone's leaving again like there's a bit immigration is kind of I don't know yeah making it come back kind of yeah it
0: um, it it definitely appears to be and and you know the from what I've been told and contacted by young people and and not so young people you know it they are they are yeah. leaving again because of housing because of yeah. housing like it's yeah. the jobs are here and Shane are you considering it or have you thought about it or
1: oh like yeah absolutely and it's it's fast becoming, you know, one of the first protocols that I think of really, when I think of the long term. Mm. Um, It's probably exceptionally pessimistic to say, I don't see a viable future that I would have hoped for myself here. But um, I suppose, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm so old and all this, like, oh, I'm 32. But like, in eight years, like, I'll be 40. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And mm. ideally, someday, I'd love to meet somebody. I'd love to have a family. Yeah. But, look, as a female, I don't have time on my side. And if I wanted to set up a home and, and you know, build the future that I wanted for myself, I don't see that happening here in eight years' time. I don't think it's going to be a possibility for me to to acquire and, and have what I want. Um, and I just think, to be honest with you, like, I've thought about it and I'm thinking about it a lot more, but I don't see any other option really at the end of the day. Like I could I could possibly move somewhere within Europe or, you know, and I would have a better quality of life. Yeah. I would have an easier way of living. Now unfortunately with that you lose the easy access to your family, but say my parents might be like delighted to see me go but at the same time like you know for those big moments then in life do you know you you don't have your family with you yeah you don't have the accessibility to you know you were a bit of culture and your home and, and what it is that makes a family Um, so they're the options that you kind of have to weigh up as well do you know yeah. you would be doing this essentially on your own if you're really to move but yeah. look I think
0: it's it It is. It's so sad to see because, um, you know, I have a brother who lives in Australia and, you know, emigration, you know, being, you know, st- I've studied it in terms of for years from social policy and sociology and being geography, we looked at migration a lot and its impacts. And again, I, you know, I talk about this, you know, our lack of inability to express our feelings in Ireland. Emigration is almost something that fits that because people leave and it's like parents don't say, I actually don't want you to go and we say well actually you know you know society says or our government says ah it's okay they're just off to explore the world for a while and it's another thing that drives me absolutely you know crazy uh, with anger is that no we are losing people like this is a loss this is grief we you know this is trauma you know just oh, yeah. losing hmm. your young people and your your spirit your energy like this is wrong like we need to say this is wrong and it comes at a huge emotional cost and you're right you know because you know, I remember, like, in my mid-twenties, you know, that that discussion, idea of, you know, do you live somewhere else? And, um, you know, I people who did go off and live in other countries. And I was always, no, I want to live in Ireland. Like, it's where my family are and, you know, I feel the affinity and, and, you know, it's the culture and history and everything. You feel you want to be somewhere and that sense of belonging and connection that you have. And so there is a cost to emigration, a huge cost yeah. that we don't talk about enough as well.
1: Absolutely. And I think you need to to look at where our history of emigration stems from. Mm. It stems from a very negative place where people in this country were dying and they had no other option. If you were fit enough and healthy enough and you maybe had a relative in America, you got on the boat and you told your parents, I might see you again. I might Mm. not. Mm. And you went. And the hope was, I suppose at that time, the parents were, were... almost saying to themselves we've lost them but it's for it's for them yeah it's for yeah exactly i hope that they will do better than what we did yeah but now like in the last month or so and maybe it's because like i'm having the conversations more but all i'm seeing on my feed say on instagram or facebook or whatever is um you know courses now showing nurses how to apply for australia yeah like come study but then we'll, you know, live your life here with us. A Canadian minister, I think, has come over recently. They're looking to hire um, doctors from um, our health service because they're needed in Canada. You can have a better life in Canada. Do you know, like, our loss is their game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: we're handing it to them as if to say, you're not worth that much or, you know what? Do you feel
0: that? Do you feel that Ireland doesn't value you?
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Your country doesn't value you. Not I think
2: silent. unless you're in like a really well-paid tech job, I think yeah. that's the only, it seems like that if for me, maybe I'm like, I don't know, it's just unless you're in a really good job and you're, you know, able to pay these crazy, ridiculous house prices that I think that's the version of success that the government Absolutely. wants you to aspire to. You Absolutely. know, and it's just like that doesn't suit everyone, and it's just like it's like not everyone ramparts. wants. You Do know, you know if yeah, you're willing yeah, yeah.
1: To, to, to battle it out in Dublin, and you want to live in a in a beautiful home and yeah. work for, you know, multinational companies and work, work, work in order to pay your bills. Come on in, we're happy yeah. to have you. But if you want simple life where you want to just have a home and be able to create something for yourself, mm, it's not really of any benefit to us. So
2: maybe do that somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. And what's heartbreaking as well about, I think, immigration, I don't know, just for me, like, say as a, a young woman, like, like, the whole having kids thing like it is something i thought about but it's just so heartbreaking to think of the amount of like children that are being born mm-hmm. like abroad and stuff and I, I just know it'd break my parents heart if if they were never able to meet their yeah. grandchild and you know have them at home i just think that's the saddest mm-hmm. thing I, about immigration point. you know yeah it really is in
1: new zealand and she's been living there now for oh like a number of years um and she has five children with her husband and her parents have met three of them. Yeah. And there's a, there's a strong yeah. possibility that they will never meet the younger two. Do you know that to me? And like it, of course you have zoom, you have FaceTime. I mean, you can talk to them. They'll know the face. They'll know that that's their grandparents, but that intergenerational connection. That you need. I think you Mm -hmm. need that. Absolutely you you do. And again,
0: it comes back to, you know, parents, grandparents, you know, or potential grandparents not accepting and and realising the loss that's happening and that's going to happen. And as part of me going, you know, they need to really think about this, you know, and and therefore, you know, vote differently, act differently. Um, But I just want to stay a little bit for on that thing of not being valued by your country because that is deeply connected with our, our, our you know, how would you decide it? Like, like the, <laughs> the existential um, kind of, I suppose, sustainability or stability of a country and a state and a democracy. The idea of a democracy mm-hmm. is that everybody feels included mm-hmm. and that young people growing up work and contribute and do everything they're supposed to do. Yet if you don't feel valued, then that questions the whole... Oh, yeah nature of our democracy and our country. You're nodding in agreement.
1: I couldn't agree with you more because I think if you're in this and I don't want to be like, oh, you're in my situation, Jesus. So but like if you are in this position and you see our leaders speaking and they appear to be so ill informed as to what it is actually like to be in that situation, You have no hope in them because they do not know who it is they're talking on behalf of. Yeah. And democracy in many respects is an ideal, what we would hope to have happen. But an ideal is not good enough to build a future or to build a country on. And, you know, I think it's we've got a government in place that, you know, if the people vote one way, they turn around and say, I actually don't agree with your vote and I won't make a government with that party. I'm not going to No, Do you know what? We'll go back. We'll talk between ourselves. We'll sort something out. Don't worry. Mm. Do you know? And if you don't, if you don't have your your voice heard, what do you have? Mm. Because you may as well not be there. Do you know? It feels like there's no one in our corner kind of saying, look, it's bad now, it will get better, and here are the steps that we're going to follow, the motions that we're going to go through in order to bring something better. Because I don't think that conversation's being had, and quite honestly, I don't think they want to have it.
0: Yeah. Joanne?
2: Yeah, I I feel like um, yeah, I don't know like even the supports that are being offered, like say the like the help to buy schemes and things like that. I don't know, just from my own, like say my sister's experience, it kind of, I'm, I think, I don't know, in, in my own view, I just, I'm not valued by society, but someone say my sister who's like working full time and, you know, has done kind of everything and still can't like get a house. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's nearly more frustrating just hearing a story like that Um I just think someone who works full time, it's just so basic that they should have, you know, access to accommodation. You know, it's just, it feels really basic. But then when you look at, like, say, things in the media, it's like, oh, no, I'm asking for too much here. I might, like, a little one-bedroom apartment is is too much of an ask, you know? like Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's...
0: And, of course, what I want to say is it is going to change, you know? Yeah, I know know, at a
2: snail's pace. So it seems like, do you know what I mean? It kind of, it's it's just so frustratingly, um, yeah, changes is kind of yeah so slow. It
1: does (laughs) seem that logically, it does seem that there are visible steps that could be taken. Mm. There are changes that could be made, and it would be of nothing but benefit to Mm. this country in every respect. But they are not choices that will benefit the few mm. and it's the few that rule yeah. do you know and if it's not going to play into their field well then
0: yeah. do
1: you know I think change will be slow unfortunately
2: yeah. but it, it's just yeah I feel like it just doesn't have to be like this do you know it's just even at the point um, in the 10 things we can do that you say in your book like the one that stands out to me um, just to um having a national, um, like, building, a state-owned state kind of building agency, like, that just seems like a really basic thing that could be really, really beneficial. And it's just, like, is it the government's, it's the government's ideology. They don't want, um, like, housing is a commodity. They don't want to make it. It feels like they're nearly getting in the way of, like, progressive kind of change and just new ideas. um. It's very frustrating.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think they are. It's funny that you pick up that one because I, I don't know if I said, like, that's the one that I get laughed at for suggesting, you know, the yeah. one that, um, you know, on social media, I get, you know, almost harangued by and ridiculed, you know, by, yeah, and of yeah. course, who's ridiculing me? It's like people, no doubt, are making money off the, the yeah. oh, yeah. know, of course. construction and property industry at the moment. But it is one of those things and I'm just like, you know it's interesting that that, that's because you would think logically like that's what you would do it's just it makes sense and you're right though Sinead about the interests. like I think that the interests are so dominant like Mm -hmm. the landlords for example and again you know we see the discussion ongoing about what are we going to do with the the flight of the landlords it's like Let them go and yeah. give people homes, give people stop. Well, you know, turn and but it's just yeah, it to me it's still that property mindset, commodity mindset is yeah. still mindset still very dominant and um But I do think that, you know, the significant moments of potential change coming, like there's going to be a general election, if not by the end of next year, then very early in 2025, there's local elections Mm -hmm. next summer. Um, you know, there's a lot of ongoing pressure, you know, with the Raise the Roof protests before Christmas, which definitely had an impact. You know, that eviction ban is there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to keep that in place. Mm -hmm. Um homelessness is rising you know the dereliction and vacancy now there's a lot of focus on that um i I think I feel that they're, they're under massive amount of pressure on it and they know they are and I think that you know the we could this is a time where we need to push and get you know say okay, you need to do this and this and you know if they don't do it by the next election they're the the thing will be then that your generation goes. You know, we need some change and that they realize that as well. And I think that, um, cause that, you know, what I talk about in the book about, you know, creating a movement like marriage equality and, you know, yeah, repeal yeah, around yeah. housing. Do you see that as something that is potential or needed or?
2: Yeah, would that be like the referendum to the, right yeah, to the housing. referendum on yeah, the right to yeah. housing?
0: And I suppose people coming together you know yeah. like the you know in you know groups and local groups and saying you no know, we need to change this and having you know local protests or local campaigns and local meetings and national ones and mm-hmm. that it's yeah. you know there is this kind of collective action
1: it needs to happen i don't yeah. think there's any other discussion to be had it needs to happen but i do think it's really important that you know if you uh, tail off from areas like cork or dublin and you head further out into the country yeah um because quite often they're the the dominant narrative that Mm. you hear. But I would love to see members of our government going to cities like Waterford or Galway or, you know, wherever it is in the country. Come and meet us. Yeah. Look in my face and and have that discussion with me. Yeah. Because, you know, you are not seeing it for the reality that it is. Do you know? And I, I hope that there's... um. I hope that there's movement there and that we can kind of get together, have the conversation, realise that there are choices and decisions to be made that will impact us positively, you know, hopefully in a, in a short period of time if we work together. But with that as well, I suppose it's another possibly inherently Irish thing that when it comes to government, we're very... um narrow-minded perhaps mm. like if you grew up in a, in a family that votes one way yeah. do you know there's, there's an allegiance there and people are very slow to teeter off from what it is they know mm. do you know regardless of whether it benefits them or not yeah. you know yeah. better the devil you know mm. and it's just I think that we really need um, people of Joanne and, and my age to seriously engage yeah. with what is happening and, and who is, is behind it and why is it occurring and to understand that they are my representative and if they're not representing me, I need to let them know. And the way you do that is through voting or through mm. engaging and having that conversation. I yeah. think sometimes it's, it seems very far removed.
0: Yeah, yeah
1: do you
0: know yeah and it is it is, and and in terms of that, how do you think that could happen? How do you think like that movement what have you any ideas about how should we
2: yeah like see I remember this? I remember going to my first housing protest, I think it was twenty thirteen, like so nearly ten years ago, um and I've been to a few of them since and it's just, for me, protesting is just so frustrating because it feels so powerful in the moment and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, look how many people support this and it's amazing and then there's just no government action. Like, it's acknowledged, you know, in the newspapers. It's like, oh, look, 10,000 people were out for this, you know, Um, and there is great support, you know, at times, say, but it's just, I don't know. For me, I just think it just will have to be political change, like, um, but, I don't know. For me, I like, I've even thought about running for like local election and I like, do you know, I'm like, we need more people to kind of get involved and like more young people in politics and stuff. But then I don't know. I was, I was watching a video. of just like the abuse female politicians get, mm. and like I saw a video recently of Holly Kearns was advised by the Guardian not to open a constituent office because she was getting threats of attack and stuff. Yeah, and it's like yeah, yeah. that's a, it's a it's a barrier to change that. It's just so frustrating to think that that might you know hold myself and I'm sure other young women back from kind yeah. of even getting you know publicly involved in politics. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, movement definitely. There is a movement as well. Um, I saw on Instagram there's this um, group Common Knowledge who are running like workshops in how to build your own tiny home and things like that. I love like alternative kind Mm. of solutions Mm. like that. That's honestly something I can see myself getting involved with um, as well. Yeah, I really love those kind of Housing initiatives. I think you mentioned in the book is all the clued. Yeah, yeah. There are, the, there are, Yeah,
0: and obviously there yeah. is um, the CATU Tenants Union as well. Yeah, the New yeah. Community Action Tenants Union. They're organising around the country as well and and doing great work. Um, and as I said, you know, raise the roof. Hopefully, we'll be having more protests this year. That will give an opportunity, and hopefully, there'll be days of action around the country. And mm-hmm. I think what they spark as well when you do those public protests is they do engage people, and people don't feel as isolated. But also they engage the conversation, I think, with the older generation as well, you know, that they start to go, OK, there's something here and you have more of that conversation. Um, but uh, as I was saying earlier, this, uh, the, that million people um, between 18 and 34, like that's more people than voted for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael yeah. in the last yeah. election. So there's something about, you know, getting into networks and people going... You know, we we can change this. We have a power here. You know, if we if we indicate and we mobilize and we come together around it, um, so that's you know where my hope. And I think that you know there is that we actually talking to Claire Dunn, um, the writer and actor there in a podcast. And she was talking that her, her her film herself is about that about self build, um, and I do think that there's a lot of potential in that as well around cooperatives and using land and supporting people and you know forget about the developers and investor funds and exactly, actually focus yeah. on people it's and using on community the land as well. And community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, so there's hope in that, and you yeah, know, we can definitely will um, uh, change things, change things massively. I think is the the plan, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, you'll be part of it, and yeah. you are part of it by being here today. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to come up. Well, thank um, you so
2: much. Yeah, like it's, it's, thanks it's, for I having I think us. We've, we yeah. both felt
1: it was an incredible opportunity, do you know? Because, um, you know, Joanne just met after I finished work and she's like come on we're gonna go like this is we're gonna like do something really productive with our Friday evening and
0: this was going to the book launch uh, yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
1: and we got in there and I don't think we'd really spoken about it beforehand I think we'd be like you're back at home you're so mind you know when like that conversation's been had but when we sat down and the the conversation began we just were like yeah. why are we not talking about this yeah. more? Yeah, do you know? Exactly, yeah. It's our reality and it's important that we share that because if you don't, nothing will come from it. Mm. Do you know? Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, thanks so much. As I said, it's great to, and hopefully we'll have you back at some point and we'll be see all the great things you're going to do <laughs> and the homes you're going to get um, and, and be part of creating. So listen, thanks so much. Thank, so, you, thank so much. you so much, Cheers. Joanne and Sinead. Thanks. Thank you so much to listeners. As always, we really appreciate um, you sharing the podcast around. It is what spreads the word. And more people can hear and listen to the ideas and and appreciate all the comments as well people send in. Um, It's really great to hear. And I know listeners do get so much. And we just had um, recently there, we had Hugh Brennan from Oculon talking about affordable housing and how we can do it and we also um, spoke to Niall Muldoon the children's ombudsman you can have listened back to that really interesting conversation about children in Ireland and also as I mentioned there Claire Don as well a fantastic conversation um, about yeah, imagining and creating a different Ireland. So, yeah, let's keep it going. And th- as I said, thank you so much, and thank you to Tony for producing, as always. Um, Tony grows, and and if you can, uh, become a patron of the Tortoise Shack of Reboot Republic and help us keep this show on the road. Thank you so much, as always. Look forward to your feedback. Send it on, um, on at Rory Hearn at Instagram or Twitter, um, and wherever, yeah, wherever you are. Talk to you all soon.